It's White Wolf, and I am here in the White Wolf's den, laying down some sick podcastness for your sweet little ears. It's been a long time. Got a lot of plates spinning. Got a lot of news. I guess I could have been dropping it in pieces, but now I'm going to just unload it all on you and just, uh, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> uh, the last time I talked to you guys was probably... Uh, the an Oscar special, and it was actually probably almost a almost. Oh man, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it's just so obnoxious that I've spent I've waited so long to do this again. And I'm gonna my New Year's resolution starting now on the 18th of January is that I'm going to be laying a lot more stuff down because I feel that uh, you know this is good like. This is not how I promote myself. This is how I promote all my music. This is how I show what I got, you know? So that's my resolution. And even though resolutions almost 99% fail because people are more about, you know, talking about doing stuff rather than actually doing stuff. But there's a re- there's a reason why I think it's going to happen better. It's going to I'm going to do better is because uh I'm building a big studio in my back room. I'm, uh, I've tore out the old crappy floor and I'm going to make sure everything's waterproof. That's my number one big thing, but I'm, I'm going to be building a studio in the back. And there's a reason for that because I'm going to be a papa in June. Yeah. Me and my lady are expecting a baby boy. In, in June, and by around that time, I, I will have cleared out the uh, OG White Wolf's Den, which has always been just, you know, a haphazard studio that I'm always having to kind of put things together in and out. Nothing kind of lives. It's, I, I'm always in and out of here, moving around. I'm, I, I'm, on the, I'm mobile, so I'll be bringing stuff with me a lot. But I'm actually going to build a studio in the back room. And you can kind of see the room on the Swedish Nightingales YouTube page. And for those who don't know, the Swedish Nightingales is a band that I'm in with Yard Dog, who, you know, we started this. I started it. <laughs> he wanted to do it, but I'm the one who made it happen. Um, so on the, we uh, got a lot of, I'm, I got to organize my thoughts here because... If you want to see the, how crappy the room looks, go to the Swedish Nightingale's YouTube page and you'll see... Uh, I'm going to look up the actual name so you can look it up yourself. Recording in the White Wolf's Den. Uh, and this is how that all went down. <clears throat> it's It starts actually with a show that I've been working on for six years since... Uh, about 2016, actually, the show Blackish. I've been the onset dresser for since that time, and it's it's been the best show I've ever one of the best shows, if not the best show I've ever worked on with some of the best people I've ever worked with. I've been amazed at some of the actors, at politicians who've come through that I've got to kind of bump elbows with, and my last shoot day was in November. I'll try to see the exact day that I, I was done with Blackish was actually 
Uh, let's see. My last call sheet was on the 18th of November. Uh, for November 19th. That was the last shoot day. They, We actually cleared the entire set out uh, of all the furniture. And you'll see why. And the final scenes were done in an empty Johnson house. And everybody gave a lot of speeches. Our prop master, Randy, um, he, he announced his retirement, basically, and they, they gave him a big, nice send-off. And that was pretty, pretty insane. Uh, that show's kept me pretty busy. If, if, if I was very spread out between my podcasts, if it wasn't for doing music or building stuff around my house or working on film projects, directing or helping production design, I've been working there and that's, that's my main gig, you know? And that ended on November. We've been spending the past couple months, a month and a half, maybe two months actually, organizing all of the props and small uh, tchotchkes and things that were on the show. Uh, some of it's going to storage, to blackish, to that they'll decide whether they're going to donate it or sell it. A lot of it has been getting shot by Gronish. And for those who don't know, Junior on the show, Marcus Scribner, who claims he wants to come on here and talk to me. And I'll see about that. I got to call him. <clears throat> He's going to Gronish and uh, they've been shopping stuff from there. There's a show called Big Shots starring John Stamos. It's in its second season. It's also shooting at Disney. They've come and shopped all the stuff. But we had an entire stage of just furniture and small items and it's been months there's six or seven storages that are just packed with stuff and that and that's that's been the past couple weeks when i had <laughs> two weeks before christmas uh one of our set dressers came down with covid and a couple of uh, the other set dressers that were around him also came down with COVID. But we were all around him, and every one of us got sent home. And we, I, I'm vaccinated. I have the booster as well. I got tested uh, five days after, per the protocols of the CDC, and I didn't get, I didn't pop. I, I, I had a negative and I also took a few tests a few days before just to double check to see what was going on. I have insurance, so some of it was free and some of it wasn't. And it's, it was kind of a huge pain in my ass for many reasons because, you know, I didn't want to infect my wife. I didn't want to, you know, cause she's, she's pregnant at the time and I didn't, we didn't know, we don't want to, you know, hurt the baby in any way and as well as we didn't want to give it to her mom because we were, we were going to go to Christmas and obviously if I popped a positive then I wouldn't go but that could have ruined Christmas it ruined Christmas for some of those people a lot of those people couldn't go anywhere so bottom line was I also after that while we were in rapping mode my band the Swedish Nightingales we're planning on recording an album's worth of music, as many songs as we could 
from the middle of the month, like the, I don't know if it was the 17th or something. Because we, my drummer, Felipe, had a guy coming from Colombia, where he's from, who is a recording engineer, to come stay out for two weeks and record our album. And two days before this guy shows up, I have to quarantine uh, because of a possible COVID scare. I will say that that gave me time to clear out my garage and... I, I went and took my, I have a, a Jeep, an old 1983 Jeep CJ7 that my family bought when I was born. I actually took it somewhere and I parked it for about three weeks and it was safe and I was very happy about that. And I converted my my garage into a recording studio uh, for, this, for the drums and amps and bass and singing. I cut a hole in the wall and created a control room where, where, uh, you know, we wouldn't have, uh, too much time. It, it's a lot harder if you don't have some sound barrier, you want to hear the, what's being recorded through monitors, preferably without having it in the room. It's hard to actually hear what's going on, but I did it. <clears throat> and the, and I put a rug down in the garage so that it, because the, the, the garage has cement floors. And when you're recording drums, the loudness of the drum really reverberates off of the cement and it creates this like really sharp trebly noise that'll it'll uh, compromise what you're trying to do with the recording but i had a couple days during my quarantine to get everything ready and when i found out that i wasn't positive i had everybody come by and and before we started recording the diva ass drummer Felipe said, we got to go to Guitar Center and I got to get some special mics. I said, well, dude, you know, I've already invested a lot of money in some mics and I gave the guy a list of what I had. And he's like, oh, no, no, because I care about me and I'm a diva. <laughs> Not his exact words. I am going to go and get my own mics, uh, what I think I need. And I'm willing to spend some money. So we went to Guitar Center with the engineer. And I, on a side note, too, I was like, why the hell do we got to bring an engineer all the way from Columbia? Aren't we in L.A.? You know, don't we have a ton of engineers out here? Don't we have a ton of talent, talented people? And then I was like, at the same token, none of them believe or are willing to listen enough to do it for free. <laughs> And I'm not saying that uh, Santiago is really, that's his name, Santiago, uh, we call him Mono, Mono, is really doing it for free, but he believes that something cool is going to happen with this project. He listened to the music and he was into it enough that he was willing to come down here and we're going to obviously have to put him down in the, uh, when we register this stuff. So we're in this together, but... He came down from Colombia, and when we started setting up the mics and hearing the sound, and once we got the process going, I was like, oh, this is why he came down, because he's incredible. So, but anyways, we went to Guitar Center, and I'm just saying this out loud for anybody who wants to record or do things how we did it. Uh, there's a there's a, a mic out there for singing, but also for that a lot of people use them as overhead drum mics, uh, or guitar mics. Or but there's a lot of practical applications. They call it the AKG C four fourteen. It's like a th over thousand bucks, 
and he, he saw online, Felipe saw online that they had some sort of deal there, but they didn't have the deal. He wanted to get a stereo pair and he thought he could get it for $1,200 or $1,400, $1,500. That's a lot of money, by the way, for anybody. And the the thing with the C414 mic is that you can, it's multi-directional. It's like, it's a wonderful mic for recording like orchestras and things of such nature. And even with a vocal, like you have like the, the sound of the mic, like singing into it and then behind it capturing like the room. It's like an interesting mic, but it's over a thousand bucks a piece. Or twelve hundred a piece plus tax, so that's like twenty four hundred bucks just for microphones. And we saw that they had what they call again. Just write this down if you're interested. It's a similar mic. It's basically one directional AKG C two fourteen was on sale for three hundred and sixty bucks. So we got two mics for seven hundred ish dollars plus tax. We also got a few AKG one seventies. Uh, one for the hi-hat and then we had he got a few of them which i think we returned we returned one or two of them but we we also were able to use the that 170 mic which is i think it was like uh, a little over 100 bucks it's for in the grand scheme of microphones not a lot of money we used one of those on acoustic and then we used one of the 214s on the bottom the the bass the lower the bridge portion of the acoustics. I'm not going to get too in depth of like distances and stuff like that. Cause most lay people, I mean, they probably already turned this off by now. Like, Oh my God, this is some technical annoying stuff. But, but we got, I'm just saying we got a few microphones. I, I think Felipe spent a little less than two grand and he got a lot of stuff. He got, he even got a, a snake to go through the wall because once you start miking everything, then now you have to run all these cables through the wall or you get a box that has all the cables together and it's a lot easier. So basically we kind of put together a studio, like a half-ass one, so that we could get this thing going. And we all we recorded about nine songs total. Got eight on drums. One song that we recorded is... Uh, song that Sean wrote that's just two guitars and him singing and anybody that listens that knows Sean knows that that is going to it's it's going to be something <laughs> but but those eight songs that we recorded in 2 weeks where the the drummer did about 3 and then 3 and then two songs uh and then I did the same with guitars I did like a lot of the guitars in like two days. And then I did one day with real guitars and I did every like six or seven songs. And then the vocals I did like in two days, man, I did four songs in one day. And then that's a bad idea. That's awful. It's like, you don't want to, as a singer, you don't want to do that. You can hear right now. My voice is still hasn't recovered. I'm actually doing these exercises every day these weird humming exercises to try to uh, nurse my stuff back to health. I've been drinking a lot of throat coat tea. Uh, you want to do two songs at most. Give it your all and two songs and that's it. I did four songs because I was on a time crunch and I did two. I did one the other day before I took Felipe to the airport because he's going back to Colombia for a week and I still owe one more song. But these songs, uh, and I'm not just t touting my own horn, Every one of them is pretty special, pretty interesting. 
when we play them live and and the, when we've been playing at the Old Town Pub in Pasadena, it's one of my favorite little venues to play. It's there's tons of amazing talent, amazing bands that go through there, but it's been an awesome place to go and actually test our stuff with people that we don't know cuz and we've been getting some really good amazing reactions. So we knew going into this album which it's not going to ex- exactly be an album yet. We're going to drop these things in a different in a in a different way. But when we saw we adjusted a little bit over the months how we played the songs. We have our little intro, Cold-Blooded Killer. And multiple times, because a lot of people leave, especially if they're not invested in a band, they saw their friend's band or whatever, a lot of people would be leaving before we went up because they didn't know who we were, and we'd open up with Cold-Blooded Killer, and then they would turn around and come back. They'd take their jacket off, and they'd be like, and one I remember specifically after we were done, and I was saying, hey, what's up? I'm glad you guys st- stuck around. And these guys to my left, there were three dudes who were staring like with their eyes wide open the whole song because we brought it. We're like, we bring it. They they asked like, because it's a pretty intimate venue where <laughs> you can talk to the people. Uh, who the hell are you guys? And then I said, well, thanks for asking on the mic. I said, you know, like, we're the Swedish Nightingales. <laughs> so it's been a nice little journey. And now we are ready to take it to the next level with this stuff. So, um, if you're listening right now, you should definitely add us on Instagram, TikTok, and fa- and follow us on Facebook because it's going to get a little busy with some interesting content. Follow us on Spotify and Apple music and anywhere that you listen to music. Uh, as of right now, we have one song that we released called, uh, you belong with me. I may have featured it on one of these, uh, white wolf's dens. It was our first music video, uh, shot by, uh, Pablo Yara and Eduardo Gonzalez. Uh, Pablo directed it, and Eduardo was the DP, and he did a hell of a job. Uh, We shot that on Alexas in super wide aspect ratio. It came out pretty beautiful. We didn't do anything extraordinarily creative with like a music video where, you know, it it was just a performance piece. Uh, and we felt that it was right for the song because it's kind of like, uh, you know, more of an acoustic song. Uh, and and uh, what, follow that. You'll find it on Spotify. And on that channel is where we're going to start adding a ton of content. And you're going to want this in your rotation. <clears throat> so on a side note too, my main rig for playing... I play on a Gretsch guitar, and my amp that I've been playing that was recommended to me by a friend of mine named Alexi Yagikian, and he has a cool stoner metal band called Yagikian. I asked him, like, what do you, what do you, what's your dream amp? And he told me, he goes, Orange Thunderbird 200. I found a good deal on one, and I've had it, and it's one of my, it's my main go-to amp for a couple years now. It's an amazing 200 watt amp, super loud, but cuts through the mix. Uh, and you can really dial it in with this attenuation. It's really cool. However, I got a new toy 
called the Neural DSP Quad Cortex. It's an amp modeler, kind of like someone called the Kemper or the Line 6 Helix. This thing, I could go to someone's house who has a $5,000 amp and I can hook up a mic to it and I can basically take that amp with me. And actually, people have been uploading super high-end pedals. Like there's one, uh, the like the Klon, or like, and people capture pedals with it and they upload it to this cloud, the neural cloud. And you just follow that user and you can also just favorite their tones and then download it right to your, right to your pedal. And I did a couple shows with it. I found this uh, amp called a Headrush. It's a, it's a solid state power amp. That's what they call a flat response cab. It looks almost like a PA speaker, but it's like 2,000 watts. And I found one for 175 bucks used on OfferUp. It's a OfferUp uh, Facebook Marketplace Craigslist. Great. I love used gear, man. I mean, you don't have to pay tax on it. And it's like you'll get things for a third of the price, sometimes even better. They go for about 400 plus tax new. So I got a, this thing and I took it to a gig. I tried it out without having to getting a chance to rehearse. And even without dialing in tones, it sounded amazing. And my drummer was telling me that due to, you know, our situations of how we play, uh, using the FRFR cab with that pedal was the clearest he's ever been able to hear the, the, the stuff, you know, drummers don't get to hear all the details. They usually hear everything super muffled. I'm like, I don't know how they do it in some of the crappy situations that we do. But I've been really digging this uh, neural quad cortex. So, I, re I mean, I recommend taking a look at it online. It took months. It took like four or five months to get. They were on back order. I don't know if everybody notices, but the supply chain is still crap. So uh, I would just look online and see how good it is. Uh, something is, there's a couple things that are, you know, I have to figure out with it. It's like basically learning almost another instrument. Uh, and so uh, it's super annoying, but I'm, I'm happy with the results. So uh, that's it. And if you're interested uh, in this podcast, subscribe to it and, it's on Spotify uh, as well as Apple Podcasts and anywhere basically there are podcasts. Uh, I pretty much uploaded it, uh, my feed to all of them. I have taken down my website for right now, but follow me on Instagram and all of those places, White Wolf's Den. And uh, tune in next time and uh, I'm going to be better. <laughs> I'm going to be better at doing things. Uh, also... Don't forget to tune in later in uh, March, I believe, uh, is when the uh, Oscars are going down. I'm going to do it way earlier this time, but I'm going to basically give you the Vegas odds. As soon as they announce the Oscar uh, nominees, I'm going to give you the lowdown, and I have been killing it in my picks. I think... Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty close. I, I Like, basically what I do, if you don't know, this is how this whole podcast started. I tell everybody what I think should win, and I'm not going to lie, I'm right. <laughs> the movies I say are, I say, what, this is my opinion of what the most entertaining movie is. Then I say what Vegas thinks 
the odds are of everything winning. And then I give a third choice, which I basically say, but this is what I think the Oscar elite, whoever votes, this is what I think is going to actually win. You know, it's usually something like really sad and dramatic and depressing. They love depressing things. So make sure you tune in and uh, and I will be giving you picks as soon as I get the nominees because I've seen pretty much almost all the movies so far uh, through screeners and whatnot. So thank you for coming into the White Wolf's Den. I'll see you next time.